This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right. Andrew Giuliani is on the line. Andrew, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. I got to tell you, I probably should think about my father whenever I hear that song. But I just keep thinking about the scene in The Predator when they're all getting ready on the chopper to go down in there, where you have two future governors in that scene. But just you're always fantastic with the music and the backstories as well. Well, thank you, Andrew. Listen, there's an article in Newsweek uh, today about Eric Adams and how he's in deep doo-doo. And his fellow Democrats are not bailing him out. And America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock, who comes on our so on occasion said that Mayor Adams is acting like this migrant crisis is something that has happened to him yeah. instead of something that he created in part. What are, you, what are your thoughts about where we are with this, this still not ending invasion of illegal yeah. immigrants into New York City? Now we're cutting budgets. We're cutting budgets from police officers. We're cutting budgets all the way around to deal with this. So um, citizens of New York City will not be getting the services that they have paid for as taxpayers in order to accommodate this surge in illegal immigration in New York. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Well, first off, this is 100 percent a problem that Eric Adams had a major role in creating in New York. He called Abbott a racist about 14, 15 months ago. Instead of being the mayor of New York, he was campaigning to be president by going down to the Port Authority with the swag bags and welcoming these illegal migrants. Instead of actually trying to figure out solutions, realizing this was going to get out of control. Sadly, he didn't start talking about it until it got out of control. And now he may want to have revisionist history. But sadly, most of New York and most of the country actually knows. I think here's the real scary thing if you look on a macro level with New York, and especially considering this week, and it's the week of September 11th. The largest police classes in New York City history came after September 11th. It was 2002 to 2006, where you had over 2,000 police officers a year graduating the police academy. Now, Bo, you are getting 600 that are just applying. So you're talking about six or 500 that are graduating replacing the 2000 we've cut the standards and then when you add this cut that's going to have to happen because of the migrants on top of it new york right now has just seen the beginning of what i think is a cliff that we are standing on right now and if there aren't some major changes in the next year to two years i am telling you new york is going to get back by the end of this decade to the late 80s and early 90s, and that is a very, very scary thought when you think of where New York was just eight, ten years ago. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. 
That's shopify.com slash system. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. You know, one of the things that many of us remember when your dad took over, when when Rudy Giuliani came into the mayorship of New York, we were coming out of the worst crack, the worst drug problem that we had seen since the birth of drug problems, and that is the crack epidemic, right? And within two years, he had cleaned this city up by taking a very serious very serious approach to crime. And I remember this. Like yesterday, one of the things that he said we was going to do was stop the street crime by focusing not only on the big crimes but on the little ones, getting rid of these squeegee guys that were intimidating everybody, intimidating them into handing off money. He was not going to just overlook these small things. And that approach worked. It worked. Within two years, you could see tourists coming back to New York in record numbers. You could see the city bustling with new businesses because the crime problem had been eradicated. What is so hard about emulating what Rudy Giuliani did as mayor to make this city safe again? You know, I asked him this question on air just a couple of days ago on September 11th, and I asked, what do you think the motivation for this is? Because he, he laid out such a clear playbook for future mayors in terms of what they could do, not just in New York City, but in any major metropolitan area around the country and really around the world. And he said very clearly that the only reason that they would not actually follow this playbook, which was just written for them, ready to go, ready to roll out, was because they didn't want to or they didn't have the political guts to actually do that. But you're absolutely right. In, in terms of what New York, what any city can be, and when you look at what's actually happening now, how the quality of life crimes are increasing, uh, one of the things I think, too, that the leftist media a lot of times does not talk about, they talk about these low-level crimes and say, isn't it terrible that the police would go in and arrest somebody for this? Isn't it terrible that a prosecutor would go out and prosecute for this? Well, I'll tell you what ended up happening with these quality of life crimes. If you ended up prosecuting somebody for a smaller crime, let's say a misdemeanor, what ends up happening is many times they had the opportunity to rehabilitate. And a lot of those people came back as actually productive members of society instead of actually graduating on from committing misdemeanors to felonies and then violent felonies. And that's what you're seeing now. You see an escalation. If somebody can get away with a theft, then they might go into grand theft auto. If they can get away with grand theft auto, then you might start seeing violent crime. That's generally what was escalating. That's kind of what John Q. Wilson ended up showing with the establishment of broken windows. It just so happened that my father, along with Bill Bratton and Howard Safer, God rest his soul, who just passed away this week, and Bernie Carrick ended up implementing it successfully. And as I said earlier here, it's a playbook that any mayor can follow and should follow. 
Let's turn our attention uh, to the moment down to Georgia. Are you encouraged by this ruling from the judge in Fulton County to sever the cases of of uh, Mr. Cheeseboro, Kenneth Cheeseboro, and Sidney Powell? And how does Im- this impact the persecution of Rudy Giuliani and others in that case? Well, I, I think really, you know, looking at this, and yeah, look, that, that is uh, that's something that's a, that's a good step. But I, to me, I'm looking very, very clearly at whether or not. This actually, and I know Meadows' cases will have to actually go to appeal, um, but whether or not this case can be moved from district court to federal court, because this is a case that is very clear cut in terms of this should be in federal court. The president did all this acting in his federal capacity as president of the United States. And if you look at the Fifth, Fifth Circuit Court, this is a court that I think the president and I think my father, I think the other 17 defendants will get a fair trial in. When you look at Atlanta, when you look at D.C., uh, these are places where it is tough to imagine. And we've seen already with past cases that have come through D.C., we can imagine in Atlanta that you probably will not get a fair jury pool. And you're definitely working with the district attorney in Atlanta who has made it very clear that she wants to politically advance her career. And how is she going to do that, James? She's going to do that by going after Trump. She's on the record about that, and she's not going to stop now. She's not just going to gain a conscience right now, I can tell you that. Well, I hope that this does get moved to federal court. As you say, I think there would be uh, – I think it's in the interest of justice. And that, that may sound like a quaint phrase, but it is no longer a quaint phrase. You know, I, as I said earlier – uh, Andrews, the NBC story that there are a record number of threats coming in. This is what happens when, and I do not advocate threats. I know you don't either. We need to be yeah. very clear with that, given the way that the, uh, the, the the slanted news business operates these days. So up front, no one's advocating threats. But the reason that there are so many threats coming in are because people are beginning to feel disenfranchised and no longer believe. This is dangerous territory, Andrew. When people stop respecting the rule of law, when they feel that the rule of law no longer applies to them, then you are going to have people on the fringes of that who feel that it's okay to take the law into their own hand. And we do not want that in this country. James, you're absolutely right. You laid it out perfectly in your opening segment. And I don't think you even have to go any further. And probably this is a perfect representation because, you know, everybody knows – Obama, everybody knows Trump, everybody knows Biden. And when you see the way that Obama, Clinton, Biden have been treated with their documents and the way that Trump has been treated and Trump very clearly, as you said, he has immunity under the Presidential Records Act. It's as clear as that. Meanwhile, Jack Smith is going after him and the Democratic media establishment is cheering it. Whereas Joe Biden, as vice president, there is no reasonable explanation for why he would have classified documents as vice president. And on top of that, why he would have classified documents as a senator from the 1970s. Why would you have that? And I could tell you this, as a member of the Senate or a member of Congress, in order to view those classified documents, James, you need to go into a skiff. They are not brought into your office. So there's no way that they could actually get mixed in with, let's say, 
you know, your W-2 paperwork, if you're working on your tax on your taxes or something like that, you would have to go and willfully remove that from a room where you can't even bring a phone in, you can't bring a pager or anything like that. You need to leave all your stuff. You leave the documents when they're there and you're done with them and you walk out. So the fact that Biden would have that paperwork, it's extremely clear. It's night and day. He was taking that paperwork because he wanted to ultimately use it for some other reason, and he did, did it willfully as well. Absolutely. Andrew Giuliani, always a pleasure, my friend. I so look forward to Thursdays and these chats with you. Andrew, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, James, as always. Keep up the great job. Thank you, my friend.